Welcome to Becoming. This is episode 93, Let's Give Them Something to Talk About with Brooke Romney. This episode is so fun. It's all about having meaningful conversations as teens, with adults, with each other. It's such a great resource. We hope you love it. Welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. We are your hosts, Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. Promptly Journals has amazing journaling options for teens and teen parents. From journals directed to teens, gratitude journals, and parent-child connection journals, you're bound to find a journal that is going to be perfect for your teen. I just bought a few of my own journals, and not only are they beautifully made, but I loved the prompts so much, we knew we needed to share them with you. To view available journal options, click on the link in our bio and use the code BECOMING to get 10% off. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Becoming Today. I'm so excited about our interview today. And I really hope that you all know that the main reason why we started this podcast is we wanted to create a tool and just provide this space where teens can come and learn. And we saw that there was just a big lack for these resources for teens. And little by little, we've noticed that people are starting to really come out of the word work, and we're really seeing so many more people in this space. But one of our very favorite teen mentors we've come across has been a woman named Brooke Romney. And Brooke was one of the first resources we connected with when we started this journey. Brooke's a mom of four boys. She's a blogger, a speaker, an Instagrammer, and a writer. And we just want to thank you for being such a big part of the teen community, Brooke. And welcome to the podcast today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I definitely have a soft spot in my heart for teens. I actually love the junior high years and the high school years and just see so much potential. People who sometimes get overlooked for all they can bring to the table. So, Absolutely. So, Brooke, the reason why we asked you here is because you do an awesome weekly series on your Instagram account called Teen Talk Tuesday, where you help provide teens and parents excellent conversation starters with prompts and a ton of information to be able to have conversations about meaningful topics. Uh, First of all, I personally love these, but we have loved these and we've shared a ton of them on our account because it's just so useful. Um, These topics have been an incredible resource for me as an adult to just understand the background information and have more informed conversations with my friends and my family. It's been awesome. And it's something that is you are able to bring it down to a level where everybody can research it and understand it it's awesome but we'll talk a little bit more about the teen talk tuesday topics maybe in a minute but i wanted to know why you started teen talk tuesday so that's such a good question um one of the things that i found is we were having like groundhog day conversations in our home we were talking about the same things every day and i don't know if your teen sometimes feel like the kids at my house do, but sometimes it felt more like an interrogation. So Mm -hmm. it was more like, who did you eat lunch with? What did you do? Tell me what you learned. And it wasn't a conversation. 
And I started thinking, you know what, if I were having conversations with someone who was just constantly questioning and interrogating me about all the things I'd done and why and how, I might not want to engage that much. One day we were in the car and we were talking about a case before the Supreme Court about affirm affirmative action in, I think it was at Harvard. And my kids had so much to say and they had so many ideas and thoughts. And I thought, okay, why don't we do this more? Why are we spending so much time sitting around the dinner table saying, how was your day? Who did you eat lunch with? Uh, what did you do in English? Where no one was engaged. Why aren't we spending time on topics or on events that are really engaging and it really changed things for our family. And I thought, if I'm gonna do this for myself, I might as well open it up and allow other families to benefit. It's also been so cool to have my teens feel really informed and educated and they're learning to have opinions and hold opinions, but also to do that with some context and education. And they're also learning how to interact with people who have different opinions, sometimes just like right around our own dinner table. There are so many elements to why this is so important for your teens. And I love that you're finding it, that it's helping you guys bond and connect. But like you said, it's also educating them. And I love that it helps with like, it's okay if we don't have, all have the same opinion here, but it's just so nice to be able to discuss this. How do you go about doing it? Do you prep them like, okay, hey, we're going to talk about this and everyone does their own research and then we show up at the table? Or do you kind of give them an understanding and then just discuss it? Okay, so just in case there are parents listening who are like, oh, my family would not want to do that. We have a lot of groans about it. Not everybody is like, yay, it's Teen Talk Tuesday. But once we like dive into the conversation, it usually ends up like being a really awesome conversation for all of us. It's kind of like hiking, like no one thinks they want to go. But then like once you're there, it's really fun. So I would just encourage those who are trying out, whether it's Teen Talk Tuesday or whether it's just deeper more interesting conversations that you just keep it up. What we do is my kids don't do extra research. So I do all of the research and I usually try to present both sides of the issue as evenly as I possibly can. Mm. So when we're having these conversations, I'm not looking to help them form an idea that is the idea that I have. I'm giving them both sides of the equation as neutrally as possible. And some, some topics are a little hard to stay neutral on, but I try my best. And then we kind of dive in and people give their thoughts and ideas. Um, on Teen Talk Tuesday, there's lots of questions. And so those questions lend themselves to people saying how they feel and why they feel that way. I love the format that you give. And it is your actual resources of this is so helpful. But obviously, you definitely have a gift for this too, of being able to present things both sides. Is this like something that you've learned over time is I mean this sounds like debate class in high school where you have to like argue with yourself or whatever but yeah how did you kind of come about this skill for yourself one of the things that is so important is in a debate class you're trying to win you have to see things from both sides but the point is to win in these conversations the point is to understand I don't necessarily hope that we come out with a winner or that we all have agreed on one side but that we come out with understanding and the way that I've come, I guess, to this side of my personality, I've always been someone that's been interested in other people's stories. I read a lot. By reading a lot about other people, you start to understand why someone might feel one way or the other. We've had a lot of experiences um, outside of where I grew up. We've lived, I think we've moved 13 times all across the country. So we have met people that are very different from the way we are. We've met people who have grown up very differently from how we've grown up. 
And so starting to just validate another person's perspective and their story and how they came to be at that point. So I'll give you a little example. I was talking one time about public assistance, uh, welfare, food stamps, things like that. There was one friend who said, my family was on public assistance and it saved our family. It meant that we didn't have to be homeless. It meant that we had food to eat. Like I will be forever grateful for those programs that our government provides that fed me and my brothers and sisters when my dad was out of work for a year. You know, he got a job again and got back on his feet. But because of that, we were able to have a home, have shelter, have food. I had another friend who said, public assistance has been like a thorn in my family's side. It's kept my family from working, from trying to move up in their ranks, from getting an education. They've felt very satisfied from being on public assistance. They've gotten, you know, their basic needs met and they haven't seen a need to have more. So same issue, two very different stories. And both stories are so worth listening to, understanding. And then instead of coming to a winner, whether public assistance is a good thing or a bad thing, we say, how can it be a good thing? How can it help the people who need it most? And how can we empower people to reach for more and to have more opportunities in their life? And so it's definitely like a way of thinking where it's not an either or, it's, it's an and. Yes. And I love that. I feel like your Instagram account you have created this environment for people to share their opinions respectfully online, which is a rarity. I know that's, and, and maybe you do a little work on your end to keep it that way, I would guess sometimes, but I think typically you do a great job of helping to encourage that positive, you know, hey, let's, we're having a conversation and we're not having a battle. And it's been, so awesome to see that example. How can we do that in our personal conversations? So it's probably the thing that I've been most amazed at, that people really are willing to listen. And I think that's the key. So if you're in a conversation and somebody is sharing something and the whole time they're sharing, you're trying to think of like a rebuttal or what you're going to say in return, you're not really listening. And so really working on those listening skills and then not only listening, but validating. So let's say you're talking about whether you should go back to school with your friend. And your friend absolutely says there's no way we should be going back to school. Like it puts kids at risk. It puts teachers at risk. You know, there's all these things. And you feel very differently. Um, instead of saying, like, you're an idiot. Kids don't get coronavirus. You say, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I can see how that feels really scary, especially since you have a brother who has asthma or you have a dad who is health compromised. Like I can see that that would feel really scary for you and why you wouldn't want to go back to school. I really am more worried about mental health. It's been really hard for me and my brothers and sisters to stay home. I feel like we're fighting a lot. I don't feel like I learned very much over distance learning. So that's why I want to go back to school, but I can see why you wouldn't. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say, I feel differently about that. I can see why you feel differently than I do. And that really opens up a space where people feel like it's safe to share an opinion. And a lot of times we have different opinions than our friends. I've seen my kids get into some heated political debates with their friends. And unfortunately, a lot of times it goes to like, you're an idiot or like, no, that <laughs> person is a horrible person or how could you ever feel that way? When really the conversation needs to be like, okay, tell me why you feel that way. Why would you vote for that person? 
Like I'm interested instead of you should never, you could never, how could you? It's why, why would you? Maybe I don't know as much about that person as I thought I did. Or what do you know that I don't know? Instead of like thinking you have the monopoly on all information and all life experience. Some people have very, very valid reasons sometimes of supporting even a candidate that maybe doesn't totally line up with who they are, but maybe it lines up with who their business is or how their family stays afloat. And so they have to weigh those things. And just remembering that life is complicated. There's a lot of gray. Sometimes people can't make those bold decisions to support 100% or 0%, but it's somewhere in the middle. I think it is so important to join that conversation with curiosity rather than judgment. It just really helps us have this grace for someone else realizing like, maybe I don't understand their perspective and you get to dig deeper. And that's actually really cool because that's how you grow closer to someone and having a greater connection is just learning why are we the way we are and we see the world differently sometimes, but we can still love each other. I think it's Honey, I love that amazing. so much. I love the idea of being curious and going at it with an idea to build a relationship instead of tear a relationship down. And how would you, how can you go about a difficult conversation and become closer because of it instead of like crossing somebody off your list or disinviting them from your social feed because they feel differently from you? Oh, absolutely. And I think what you're giving these teens is this is a lifelong skill that will serve them forever. And I want to know how long have you been doing this with your family? So I think it's been just over a year, I, maybe even a little longer, maybe 18 months. Okay. So um, what changes have you seen in them? Have you noticed that their conversation skills have improved? Yeah, I think, I think their conversation skills have improved. I think the way that they think about issues is different than it used to be. I think their willingness to engage in something that maybe they're a little unsure of. I love the way they can disagree. I mean, we don't, I have four boys. They don't always disagree nicely, but without like ruining a relationship or being horrible to each other, um, they can have different ways of thought. And it's also been really eye-opening to my husband and I, because sometimes their thoughts are different from ours. Being interested and engaged in life in general um, makes you a much more interesting person, which if you are a teenager or even a person at all, it's nice to be an interesting person because people are attracted to those who have thoughts and ideas and opinions and feelings as long as they can share them respectfully. Mm -hmm. This is the meat of why building our conversation skills is so important. People want to be around you. People want to hear your thoughts and you just have opportunities to engage with people. And it just makes socializing really a positive experience instead of boring and a struggle. I think that building these skills at a young age is going to set them apart from so many other young people who maybe haven't had as much social interaction like this. I think it's such a positive way to really practice these skills. Whether it's like with your friends or with your interviewing for a job, or if you're trying to, you know, find common ground with somebody new, um, these are definitely lifetime skills. So I want to know, Brooke, is this hard for you to come up with these topics? How do you research and choose what you want to bring to the table for your um, Teen Talk Tuesdays? I try to have a balance between current events. Um, I think it's important for us to know what's going on in the world and to at least have an educated idea of, of what's happening. So I do a lot of current events. 
And then I also do conversations that maybe are important to teenagers, like the importance of sleep. Um, maybe that's just something that a family needs to get together and talk about. I did one recently on exercise and I learned so much. Sometimes these are things that I feel like my teens need help with and maybe need a little boost on with Corona and like team sports having a hard time practicing and all those things. I've noticed exercise has kind of fallen down. And so I started doing some research on exercise and the benefits of exercise for teenagers. So we had conversations like that. So I think there's a little bit of a balance between current events, hot topics sometimes, and then just some general knowledge that might better like our lives. And I, I was also motivated to kick up my exercise because there are so many, not just like physical health benefits, but mental health benefits. And I thought, okay, like these are worth having. And so sometimes too, I think we all feel like, yeah, I know this is a good idea, but when you see the research and when you see the numbers and when you see the facts, sometimes it actually motivates you to change in a way that just your mom saying, you really need to get up and move your body does not. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. I want to know other topics that have been really impactful in your family. Just give us some of your, or even online that you've noticed people really engage in. Do you mind giving us some examples sure. of different topics? Yeah. So, um, well, there was one today that was actually really engaging. It was about the Supreme Court's decision on only allowing 50 people. So there was um, a church in Nevada that brought a case all the way up to the Supreme Court because currently they're only allowed 50 parishioners into their building um, while casinos are able to have 50% of their capacity. So this church's capacity is, let's say, 500. They're only allowed 50 no matter what. Um, right now, a casino that has a capacity of 500 is allowed 250. Hmm. So they are saying like that's unconstitutional. So I'm really excited to talk about that tonight with my kids. Um, the the decision actually was in favor of the state, and they upheld that churches in Nevada have to obey the governor's orders of 50 per wow. congregation. So as you can see, like there's a lot to talk about with something like that. A few others that I love. If somebody's looking for some highlights, um, I have a Teen Talk Tuesday on boredom. Such good facts, so many good articles about boredom and why it's so good for us, which if everyone is just still like halfway quarantining, maybe it'll make you feel better about some of your boredom, but it also mm -hmm. reminds you that boredom does not equal sitting on a screen. So sometimes that's a little rough. There was a great Teen Talk Tuesday about quitting. There was a football player that decided he was done because it was no longer good for him. And we talk about the difference between being a quitter uh, maybe because you don't like something and like making a better choice to direct your life to another path. Um, I just loved that example. Oh yeah. Um, there was another one about the cost of insulin. Uh, that one really got people talking. My kids were super engaged in that cell phones in schools. One that was really funny was replies. Like if you should be replying to your friends on text, <laughs> that was great. Like there were lots and lots of opinions. And one of the things that it helped me realize is Maybe you're someone that gets offended when someone doesn't reply and you think somebody hates you, but that person is just like, that doesn't need a reply. Like, I don't have to reply to something like that. Mm -hmm. It was good. So all of these help, help me and my kids see multiple perspectives of a different issue, whether it's something that's, you know, political or a current event or whether it's something that's just in our daily life, like why people don't reply to texts anymore. There are seriously so many. I was trying to kind of compile this myself. I'm like, wow, there are a ton on here. So that's been really fun for us. How can teens do this for themselves? If there's an important topic, 
that they're interested in knowing more about, how can they research that without getting sucked into sources of misinformation or getting too one-sided? Like, where do you go to find this information and how do you verify that it's actually based in fact? So there's a few sources that I feel really comfortable looking at. There's a new source called Vox, V-O-X. It does a really good job at presenting pretty much straight facts. Every now and then there's a little slant, but I feel pretty comfortable um, as I research trusting what they have to say, and they are really fact-based. When you're doing your own research, um, the Associated Press does a nice job. If there's an article written by the Associated Press, I feel like they do a pretty good job at trying to keep it as neutral as possible and give facts. I would highly suggest if you do read something from a more liberal source to also look at a more conservative source. If you're looking up studies or statistics, uh, stay away from any titles that look like clickbait, um, that have quizzes on them, that seem to be populated with an inordinate amount of ads. Those are usually not high quality news sites. Certain newspapers, like local newspapers, sometimes do a really good job of being less biased. There's nothing wrong with enjoying a source of information that you feel like resonates with you and who you are. Maybe you listen to NPR and maybe you like their spin on stories and the way they report a story and then also balancing it with something that maybe is also like a little more from the other side. Definitely, there's a few news sources that are very, very, very biased, yeah. and they will state that they are biased. And so if you are consuming information from there, make sure that you're also getting sources from something that's more in the middle. I am not like an authority on news sources always, but there are a few sources that I feel really comfortable with. If it's a story that's being reported widely, I like to look at the reporting on that story from quite a few different news sources. If we're talking about the Supreme Court decision, I like to scour some of the top news sources and know that some of those lean a little left, a little right, um, and some more in the middle so that I feel like I get a good understanding of what somebody from one side would say and what somebody from another side would say so that when I do a Teen Talk Tuesday, I'm able to report both sides. And I think if you're a teenager and you're really interested in being informed, making sure that you do find those sources and then in your mind, question anything that doesn't seem quite right. Every person has a little fact check in their own mind. If it feels extreme, it probably is. If you read something and you think, that is insane, that cannot be true, dig in because there's a good chance it's not. Do not believe something that someone has reposted if you don't go to the direct source. Like a quote or a meme is not a news source. So go to a news source and see if it was true or not, and then make your judgments from there. I think the lesson too is don't stop at the first source that you see. And really just being educated is more than just, well, I heard this and I was done. It's about really like trying to get information in more than one place because when you gather the information, the stuff that lines up with each other, you can know that, okay, those are probably correct things right there. So I think that's a really great tip. I wanted to ask, just a few tips for our teens to kind of start a conversation like this. Maybe you are more informed about, about a topic than somebody else, but maybe you're wanting to get the ball rolling on a conversation. What are some tips for starting a more meaningful conversation 
um, or some like phrases you can use to change a topic? What would you maybe suggest for our teens here? So one of the things that I would suggest is you could say like, hey, did you hear about this? And then if your friend did or did not, you could be like, what do you think about that? Instead of like driving in your point so that it feels really like hostile, open it up and say, like, what did you think about it? Let's say you do want to talk about how Nevada churches let 50 people in a church and 500 people in a casino. Let's say you want to talk about, did you hear that this happened at the Supreme Court? Like, does that seem strange to you? And your friend says, no, casinos make money, churches don't. I totally think that's fine. And you could say, oh, really? It seems strange to me. I feel like it should be, I feel like they should be on equal, equal ground. And, and you can start a conversation like that. So you could start it with, hey, did you hear about this? You could say, you know what? There's something that's been bothering me a lot. Um, did you know that this is happening? Or like, let's say your school came out with a new dress code. It bothers you. And you could say, hey, it's so weird that our school lets guys wear tank tops and doesn't let girls wear tank tops. Do you think that's strange too? Or is it just me? As opposed to, oh my gosh, can you believe this? It's so stupid. It's so lame. When you say that, you don't give the people in your circle even an opportunity to engage in a different way. So you say, yeah. is it just me? Or is that so strange that they allow boys to wear tank tops, but not girls? And then maybe your friend says, oh, I don't think it's that weird. And you say, oh, okay, because here's why I do. And maybe you'll, maybe you'll open up their eyes or their mind, or maybe they'll still walk away and say, yeah, it doesn't really bother me. And it's actually fine if it doesn't bother them. You don't have to like, I think another thing that sometimes we do as people is we need everybody to be on our team. If we feel riled up about something or if we feel passionate about something, we need everyone to be on our team. It's yeah. actually a great skill to try and, you know, garner support for things that you think are important. And it's also a great skill to understand that everybody doesn't think or feel the same way that you do. And that's okay. So, you know, being able to say, hey, like, I really want this dress code change. Like, I don't think this is fair for the girls. And I love wearing tank tops. So, like, this is so dumb. Like, I really want you to, you know, support me. And if somebody says, like, it doesn't bother me, you can say, okay, do you know anybody at my, like, that might want to jump on this with me? Really staying open. And being just more objective about it without having to throw your emotions too deeply into it, letting them have their own perspective. I think that's awesome. Through this conversation, I've grown more excited about engaging my family, even though they're a little younger, but just pulling them into these conversations. I think it is so needed, and it's a really great way to grow our conversation skills in different areas, especially in a family dynamic. I think that's really fun. I really love being able to practice it. And, you know, if there are parents who are listening, these are such important skills to practice at your own dinner table so that when your kids are confronted with an idea that they don't like or with people who don't agree with them, that they have the confidence to go through that situation without it tearing down their self-esteem, without it making them feel like nobody likes them and being able to walk away and say, okay, so we feel differently about this and that's okay. And it's so good if we can start, even like you said, Tani, like if we can start young, you guys can have a conversation at your dinner table about, I think we should read for 30 minutes before we go to bed. You can let your kids say, 30 minutes is way too long. I want to watch TV for 15 minutes and read for 15 minutes. And, you know, you can talk about that and start having these conversations early so that people can form opinions and learn how to talk about differing opinions well at a young age. Brilliant. I love it. So 
Our favorite question to ask our guest, Brooke, is if you could go back and tell your teen self one piece of advice, what would it be? And I'm dying to hear your answer. The thing that I would probably tell myself is you are enough as you are and you are destined for great things. I would just want myself to remember that there is so much in store for you. And right now you're exactly where you need to be and just continue to like love people and grow to live your life. So you're opening doors instead of closing them, whether that's with people or opportunities or school or trades, whatever it is, like live your life. So you're opening doors for yourself and then realize that there is so much good to come. High school seems like it's everything. Um, and if you're, if you're rocking it, then that feels great. But if you're not, it can feel frustrating and there's so much good to come and you're exactly where you need to be and just keep opening doors for yourself so that you have as many options and opportunities in the future, because I think it's going to be so bright and you're going to be so grateful for who you were now and the lessons that you've learned that will create the person that you're ready to become. That's so perfect. It's beautiful. I love it, Brooke. Where can our guests find you? So I am on Instagram at Brooke Romney writes, and I actually have quite a few teens that join me there. So I hope, I hope you'll come. It's a way for you to learn about current events really quickly and start forming opinions. Um, and then I'm also online at BrookeRomney.com. Brooke, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such an honor to have you. Honestly, it's been so fun. It's been so fun, you guys. Thanks. I rarely get to talk about this topic, so it was so fun to talk about something different. So thank you so much, and thanks for all you do for teens and parents, and it's just great. Thanks, Brooke. Okay, see you guys. Promptly Journals was created on the belief that journaling the meaningful moments shouldn't be difficult or time-consuming. With so many types of journals, you are going to find one that you love. They have the Loom Parent-Child Connection Journal with simple prompts, beautiful illustrations, and activities to help children between the ages of 5 to 18 and parents connect and start conversations that you would not have been able to verbally. I just bought a few of my own journals and not only are they beautifully made, but I loved them so much, we knew we had to share them with you. To view available journal options, click on the link in our bio and use the code BECOMING to get 10% off.